The following has been a Shirt Off Your Back production. ShirtOffYourBackAZ.com Hello and welcome to the Shirt Off Your Back podcast where we are always trending. We're actually never trending on Twitter, but that's okay. We're building up an audience. We're building some happy, healthy people, making some friends along the way, maybe making some enemies along the way. I don't know. We'll see. I uh, was having a chat with some colleagues, some coworkers, and uh, some clients this week, and we got on the topic of convenience and habits and how those two are sometimes um, related and was thinking about how convenience isn't as convenient as we sometimes think it is um, and how a lot of times we we sacrifice the process for convenience when our focus should ultimately be on the process and not the results um, because the results are downstream from the process right the results are a result of the process and fitness weight loss dieting just building healthy habits it's more about building those healthy habits than it actually is just following a diet so think about habits and think about convenience right sitting in a drive-through isn't as convenient as you think it is and you might make hitting a drive-through on the way to work you know grab a breakfast sandwich for example or a breakfast burrito or something like that um, not necessarily the worst thing for you, but not necessarily the best thing for you either. Um, you think about the convenience of that. Sure, it's kind of convenient. You don't have to get out of your car, but you have to get out of traffic, go through the drive through wait in line, get your wallet, get your money out, get your card out, pay for the food, order the food, pay for the food, get back in traffic, back on the road, and make it to work. And not only that, you have to budget for that time, right? You have to give yourself an extra few minutes. And a lot of people will say things like, well, I, I just don't have the time in the morning. I have to stop at the drive-thru and get something. And I'm like, okay, well, how long do you think it takes you to go through the drive-thru? I'd say at the most 15 minutes on a busy day, probably an average of about seven minutes, right? So could you maybe get up seven to 15 minutes earlier and make yourself a quick breakfast? Uh, grab a couple pieces of fruit, maybe some Greek yogurt, cut up some fruit and put it in it, in it. Uh, some Greek yogurt and some granola, something like that. Maybe even a healthier bowl of like cold cereal. Not the best thing in the world for you, but you know, um, calorie wise, I'm sure there's some healthy, healthy choices out there for breakfast cereal. So think about the convenience of that, right? Either you have to stop and go through the drive-through and interrupt your commute to work or you get up 15 minutes earlier and make yourself breakfast in the morning right sitting in a drive-thru isn't as convenient as you think it is and standing in line to buy food like at a gas station or a convenience store off of a roller grill or out of a hot case it's not as convenient as you think it is right let's say you are an hvac technician or um, a truck driver just somebody that has a lot of windshield time somebody that spends a lot of time on the road for work and you think, well, I don't have any time to make meals. I don't have any time to, um, I, I don't have it, the bandwidth to budget for that time to make meals. 
So you stop at a gas station, you stop at a convenience store. And if you just break down the steps it takes to actually do that, it's not very convenient. So you're driving along, you're driving along. Oh, it's about lunchtime. I need to stop and get some food. I'll, I'll stop at the, the gas station here. Um, I think a lot of regions, they have their favorite favorite gas stations, favorite places to buy snacks. I know here in the Southwest, uh, Quick Trip. Quick Trip and Circle K's are everywhere, but uh, Quick Trip is way better than Circle K. But you're driving along, you're driving along, and you think, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop at my favorite convenience store. You have to get out of traffic, find, find a convenient store first, um, or if you know where one is that you particularly like, you have to go to that one. So you have to find your favorite convenience store first. Then you have to get out of traffic, find a parking spot, take off your seatbelt, get out of your car, walk to the door, walk in the door, find the food, put on a mask if you're still wearing masks where you're at, um, put on a mask, find the food, stand in line, pay for the food, get back in your car, or no, pay for the food, exit the store, remember where you parked, I'm trying to run through this in my head. Remember where you parked, get back in your car, put your seatbelt on, start driving, get back in the traffic. Most of the time you're going to eat while you drive, which isn't necessarily the best idea anyway. Um, you should always have hands at 10 and 2 and pay attention to where you're driving, especially if you drive a lot for work. You know, we tend to get complacent and think, oh, I can eat when I drive. I can talk when I drive. I can text when I drive. The more you do it, the more complacent you get. So not only is it a, you know, a weight issue because you're just sitting there on your butt eating, you're also distracted driving, which isn't good. But if you think about all those little steps, right, and all those little seconds that are involved in stopping and grabbing a bite to eat, you know, a hot dog or a bag of chips or, you know, a soda from the gas station, it's really not that convenient. You've kind of been sold an idea of convenience or sold, um, this perception of convenience that may or may not actually really exist. You know, it may be easier to have an ice chest, you know, a little six pack ice chest in your car or in your truck or your van, whatever you're doing for work and keep some sparkling water and some fruits and veggies or something in it as a snack, right? Not only are you gonna be healthier, you don't necessarily have to stop and get out of your car and find somewhere. You can pull over in a parking lot you know, if it's a nice day, park under a tree, roll down your window and eat, eat that food, right? Rather than have to get out of your car and uh, deal with people, deal with getting in and out of traffic, deal with getting in and out of a gas station, all of that, um, all those little moments add up over the course of a day. And there's variables too. Suppose the gas station's really busy. Suppose you can't find a place to park. Um, Suppose you get in like a fender bender in the parking lot or something like that. There's all those variables that could possibly take away from your day. And I'm not saying, you know, you shouldn't ever stop anywhere because something bad could happen. But, you know, um, you kind of have to plan for budget for those variables too and budget for those unforeseen things in the course of your day as far as it comes to uh, time. So convenience really isn't that convenient and you can see on the green screen behind me I have uh, a graph and there's another reason that I'm, I'm talking about convenience is this is actually a uh, representation of my weight graph when I weigh in 
um, and track my weight. This is a representation of my weight graph. And if you notice, if you're watching it on YouTube, look at the points on the weight graph. They are all over the place, <clears throat> all over the place, up and down, up and down, up and down, right? And they're, but they're trending downward overall. So if you look at the left side of the graph, trace an invisible line to the right side of the graph. It goes from about 161 down to about 155, uh, somewhere around there. And there's all kinds of weights in between. Um, this is probably over the course of about six to eight months, maybe more. Um, I cut off the bottom so you can't see the actual numbers um, or the date or anything like that. But um, this is actually probably over the course of like six or eight months. So you can see all those fluctuations and those fluctuations are perfectly normal. Some days I did everything right, some days I didn't, right? Some days I ate too much, some days I ate too little. Some days I worked out more, some days I worked out less. So that's part of the reason for the fluctuations, but the fluctuations are also perfectly normal. Sleep, stress, hormones, water intake, salt intake, um, you know, how hard of a workout, the temperature, how much I sweat that day, all of that goes into weight, right? Your scale is measuring fat, muscle, hair, bodily fluids, bodily solids. It's measuring, it's not directly measuring these things, but it's measuring like hormones and sleep and stress too, because all of that affects your weight, right? So the scale is one data point and there's so many variables that go into that one data point. So use the scale as a tool, but not the tool. I say that all the time. Use the scale as a tool, not the tool. Just like body mass index, BMI, a lot of people cite that for an indicator of weight loss and health. And it is an indicator, it's a fairly accurate one, but it's not the indicator, right? I imagine there are a lot of athletes, football players, maybe even NBA players that are exceptionally tall. Um, that would be considered overweight based on BMI, but they're incredibly healthy because they're professional athletes, right? Um, they work out, they get exercise. Yeah, they probably eat a lot of calories, but they have to because they're professional athletes. They're constantly moving. So based on BMI, they might be overweight, but they might be incredibly healthy. And I am actually one of those people. I'm not incredibly athletic, but when I'm 160, which I'm about five foot six, five foot seven. So when I'm 160, 165, I'm actually considered overweight. You wouldn't know it to look at me, um, but based on BMI, I'm actually supposed to be around 150 to 155 for a healthy weight range. And it's really hard for me to get there. It's incredibly hard for me to get there because I like pizza and I like cereal. Um, you know, I eat healthy 50 to 80% of the time. I try to eat fruits and veggies and um, Greek yogurt and eggs, uh, trying to reduce processed stuff as much as I can, but it's not easy. You know, like I said, I have good days and bad days, but if you look at my graph, my graph is very reflective of that. And part of the reason I show that is I work in health and wellness and specifically weight loss. I do this eight hours a day, um, 40 hours a week, sometimes more. And I fall into that right? I'm not the exception. I'm the rule. Look at my weight graph, up and down, up and down, trending downward over time. That's perfectly normal. That's the way it's supposed to be. Um, now, one thing I will mention, if you notice the plot points, some of them are really, really close together and some of them are spread apart. If you notice, there's 
the ones that are spread apart, generally that's when my weight goes up. And those ones are spread apart because those are days that I'm not tracking my calories and those are days that I'm not logging my weight. The less I track my calories and the less I log my weight, the more my weight goes up. You can see that those plot points are so spread apart and the closer they are together, they trend downward over time. So it's similar to investing except the opposite, right? When you invest, you put money in an account and ideally you want that money to grow over time. Now there's going to be weeks where you're going to lose money. There's going to be weeks where you gain money. There's going to be days where you lose money and days where you gain money. There's going to be months. There's going to be six month periods, um, quarters, right? You tend to measure finances in quarters. There's going to be three month periods where you lose money, three month periods where you gain money. Ideally, the periods where you gain are greater than the periods where you lose. And you look at that trend over time. It's it's exactly the same in weight loss, but just flip it over, right? The more you lose over a longer period of time, the better. That means you know you're doing something right. You're making your investments in the right area, right? You're investing in watching your calories. You're investing in reducing stress, investing in increasing sleep, investing in healthier foods. And when you do that, when you sort of diversify your, your health portfolio in that way, you're increasing your chances of success. You're increasing your chances of gains financially, or in this case, losses with your weight. Um, if weight is something you're struggling with, which, I mean, if we're honest, we could probably all stand to lose a pound or two um, just to be on the healthier side of BMI, right? And again, BMI isn't the indicator of health, but it is an indicator, so it's still important to watch. So I wanted to share this graph just to show, again, that I am no exception to show those plot points um, and that you can't kid yourself, right? Because I do this all the time and I still try to estimate and say, ah, you know what? I don't need to log that meal or, oh, I'll log it later. And then it comes the end of the day and I forget. And it's like, wait, did I have two slices of pizza or three? You know, did I have soda and you try to think back and you're like, oh, I'll log it all at the end of the day. And you tend to forget. And sometimes it's a willful ignorance. Sometimes it's a, oh, I forgot how much I ate. And you know, you think if you don't log it, then it doesn't count. (laughs) You can trick yourself into thinking that, but it still counts, right? Your body still counts those calories. So you might as well log it and try to log your calories as honestly as possible, but not necessarily as accurately as possible, if that makes sense. So if you're, you know, you eat a slice of pizza from like Domino's or pizza and you're not quite sure how many calories that slice is, maybe estimate a little bit on the hot, on the high side. So if you see ranges between 350 to 450 calories, I'd maybe log it as like 450 to 475, just to give yourself a nice little 20 to 25 calorie buffer zone. And that way you're not surprised the other way. And you're not like, oh yeah, it's about 200 200 calories and it's actually like 375 calories, right? So give yourself a little bit of a wiggle room and a little bit of room to breathe. So log honestly, but don't necessarily worry about logging accurately because calories are more or less of an estimate anyway. at least at least you should treat them that way. They're, they're kind of exact, but it's more or less of an estimate, right? And the only thing 
that truly knows how many calories are in that food or how many calories you're burning are your body, is your body. But you have no way of knowing exactly how many it's burning, right? I don't care how many devices you have. I don't care what your app says. The only thing that 100% knows for sure, if you eat a slice of pizza and it's 350 calories and you go for a jog and you burn 100 calories, the only device, so to speak, that knows that calorie intake and that calorie burn is your body. And you're going to get results if you log and if you track those calories, calories burned, but also calories taken in and you track them, you know, be as accurate as you can, but don't worry about being 100% accurate. Worry about logging it honestly, right? And what I mean by logging honestly is logging everything. That little handful of chips, that handful of peanuts, that apple, that entire meal. If you eat four slices of pizza and it's 800 calories, log it. And that's really important too to give yourself a baseline. So if you are doing really well, you know, let's say you're eating lots of low calorie density foods, you're eating lots of whole foods, lots of um, organic stuff, lots of things that all these fitness gurus and people are selling you and telling their telling you they're healthy, which they probably are for the most part. You're doing everything right and the scale still ticks up a little bit. At least then you have a baseline of calorie intake and calories burned, right? And you have an idea of where you're at, what's working, what's not. Maybe I need a little bit more of this. Maybe I need a little bit less of that. Maybe uh, there's some hormonal stuff going on. Maybe there's some sleep issues going on. Maybe there's some stress issues. Think of all these, um, all these different factors that are pouring into that number on the scale. But if you don't have a baseline, if you're periodically logging your calories and your weight, and here and there, and kind of doing it sporadically, you know your baseline is going to be up and down. It's going to be all over the place. At least give yourself something solid um, to go off of. So that's it, man. Convenience isn't as convenient as you think. Fitness is more about habits than it actually is a diet, right? Fitness is more about doing those things habitually, counting your calories, um, logging your meals, logging your calories, logging your weight. And I don't care what app you use. It doesn't matter. There's all kinds of free ones out there. There's pay, paid apps, paid programs out there. I don't care which one you use. Just use one that works for you, right? I'm not going to promote any particular one. I'm not going to downplay any particular one because there's pros and cons to all of them, right? Convenience isn't as convenient as you think it is. Standing in line to buy food off a roller, roller grill, it's not as convenient as you think it is. And it's probably not as sanitary as you think it is. You know, you're like, oh no, they got a sneeze guard. Yeah, well that little kid that was in the gas station five minutes before you, guess what? He's underneath that sneeze guard. He's shorter than that sneeze guard. And what do little kids do when they walk around a lot, right? With adults, they look up. Right, so mom's standing by the roller grill, getting some taquitos or you know a uh, ballpark Dodger dog or you know Diamond Dog, Diamondback dog or whatever part of the country you're living in. You know, I know a lot of gas stations have their their local sports teams hot dogs that they promote. You know, mom's standing there getting a hot dog, and you know little Billy or little Susie's looking up and <sighs> sneezes right right underneath that sneeze guard, right all over the roller grill. And the kid working at the gas station either is busy and doesn't see it or just doesn't care because he's like, I work at a gas station, whatever, you know, um, I shouldn't downplay that. I mean, I'm sure there's 
fine, upstanding people, hardworking people working in a gas station. But, you know, you get what you pay for. You're paying for a gas station hot dog. You're going to get a gas station hot dog. And I eat them from time to time. You know, it happens. You get busy. You get hungry. You get snacky. Um, You know, it happens. But just know what you're getting into. Don't kid yourself, you know, and think, oh, this is this is perfectly sanitary or healthy or safe because it's not necessarily. It's not as convenient as you think. You've been sold an idea of convenience. And think about, I use this a lot. Think about something like a bag of chips, right? People say, well, it's it's really easy for me to stop at the gas station and buy a bag of chips. A lot of convenience stores, a lot of gas stations, they sell fruit too. And a lot of people don't realize this, but they'll have bananas or apples or, um, you know, it's not too often, but there's enough of them out there where you can find them. Think about the motions and the effort and the energy and the muscles used to open a bag of chips. So you pinch it and you pull apart, right? What do you do when you open a banana? You pinch it and you pull apart and then you peel. It's the same energy. It's the same muscles. It's the same, um, almost like muscle memory, right? Somebody gives you a bag of chips. You just instinctively, you open it the same way every time. It's the same thing with a banana. Somebody tosses you a banana. You're going to open it pretty much the same way every time. So convenience as far as, oh, well, this is prepackaged. It's ready to go. There's tons of food like that that's out there that is prepackaged and ready to go just because nature made it that way. (laughs) Nature made it to where we humans could go grab it off of a tree and eat it and sustain ourselves. Apples, bananas, those are two that, you know, the two that come to mind. Um, or they, you know, they grow in a, in a bush on the ground or they grow low to the ground or in the ground, like carrots and uh, potatoes and things like that, tomatoes, right? They grow on a vine, um, but the vine stays relatively low to the ground. All that stuff is like, you can literally just grab it and eat it, right? It's not in a bag glued shut with all kinds of chemicals and printing and um, preservatives and again, and I'm not knocking chips. Like I'll eat chips till I love uh, kettle cooked chips, jalapeno chips, and especially salt and pepper. So good. I actually just had a little bit with my sandwich for lunch, but um, it's not convenient, right? We've been sold an idea of convenience. Fruit is just as convenient as junk food, as chips. So just think about your habits and think about your routines. And be honest with yourself and ask yourself, are they really healthy? So don't buy the idea of convenience you've been sold. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. See you next time.